Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm glad that you rather chose to come here than anywhere else. And I know, I know that you could have been anywhere else. Uh, you could be fishing or whatever. Uh, I remember, I remember a, I, he called himself a missionary when I was pastoring in Okeechobee. Uh, you know, Okeechobee's got that big old lake, Lake Okeechobee. And uh, he come up to me and said that he wouldn't know if I would help sponsor him. And I said, well, I don't know. What are you doing? He said, I'm a missionary. I said, missionary to who? And uh, he said, I think I'm going to get me a boat and be a missionary on Lake Okeechobee. I said, no, I don't think I'll sponsor you, but uh, that is a good idea. I said, uh, get me a boat and go out there and go fishing, but I'm going to tell you, if I'm out there fishing and somebody comes up beside me when I'm fishing and try to start talking to me, that ain't going to be a good day, amen? I mean, uh, so I, that, that just fell down in the drain there. Uh, ain't you glad that God allowed you to come this morning? I mean, give you the the health that you needed. And I wonder how many that uh, that said you was going to be here, the Lord willing, this morning. Now, now I said that because of this. This fella was out plowing his field. And uh, it was along an old dirt road there, and his neighbor come walking down the dirt road. And he come up to the fence and uh, began to talk to the old farmer. And uh, uh, the farmer asked him, said, man, he said, where are you going this morning? And he said, well, he said, I'm going right down the road down here, and I'm going to buy me a cow this morning. He said, you're going to buy you a cow? He said, yeah. He said, the man's got it for sale, and I want to go buy it before he sells it to somebody else. He said, well, he said, that's good. He said, but don't you think that maybe you ought to say the Lord willing that you're going to go buy that cow? He said, no, ain't no need to. He said, I got the money, he's got the cow, and I'm going to buy it. And the old farmer said, okay. He said, I'll see you later. About an hour later, the old man come back by walking. I mean, beat up, clothes about tore off of him. And uh, the old farmer looked at him and said, man, what in the world happened to you? He said, well, before I got to listen where the cow was, the car pulled over, they jumped out beat me up and took all my money. He said, man, he said, what are you going to do now? He said, I'm going home, the Lord willing. <laughs> Got your Bible. Turn with me, if you will. Psalms chapter number 92. Psalms chapter number 92. How many members what I preached the last time I was here? Raise your hand if you remember. I had to preach a little harder then, Amen. Amen. I tell you, if I if I preach here about one more time, I'm gonna feel like I'm part of y'all, and they y'all ain't gonna be able to run me off. Amen. Amen. Good to be saved. I tell you, it's just good to be here this morning. Psalms chapter ninety-two. You got your place. Say amen. amen. It is a good thing. I'm glad he started it out like that. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument 
of ten strings, and upon the uh, the psaltery, uh, upon the harp, and upon a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Boy, that's what we need to do. I mean, boy, give it to it. Amen. Verse number five, O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doeth a fool understand this. <laughs> Ain't it amazing the world can't understand why we so happy? Ain't it amazing that the, the world don't know why we get up on Sunday morning and get dressed and uh, come to the house of God and just shout it out for the glory of God? They don't understand that. Noticed on here when the wicked spring as the grass and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish. It is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forever. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I'm going to tell you, your enemy ain't going to live forever, friend. Verse number 10, but my horn shall thou uh, exalt like the horn of a unicorn, shall be anointed with flesh, fresh oil. Mine eyes also shall be, uh, mine eyes also shall my desire on mine enemies and my ears shall hear uh, my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. Notice verse number 12 here. The righteousness shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall uh, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourish to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you give me the strength to get up, get dressed, clean up, and, and dear Lord, do everything I needed to do before this time. Lord, thank you for letting us come to the house of God and help us, Lord, that we preach as a dying man to a dying world. Give us that strength. Give us that ability. Lord, don't let us say something that would be offensive out of the will of God but help us to say everything that you've put upon our heart. Bless our remembrance, Lord, that we could remember and be able to preach. Thus saith the word of God. Touch that one that's here. Heal that one that's sick. Save that one that's lost. And I'll thank you and I'll praise you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, as we look into uh, the word of God here, uh, uh, I, a lady come up to me when I, before I left the last time and she gave me a prayer list here. 
I don't know if you still hear it or not this morning, but it's been in my Bible. When I read my Bible, I see this. Remember uh, last time I was here, I preached uh, on uh, uh, praying for those who ask for prayer. And I got that prayer list right here. I thought I might just encourage you with that and let you know I have been praying uh, for you and the family there. Now, notice in verse number 12, that's going to be our text this morning. The righteousness shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. If I had a title for the message this morning, uh, it would be this. The Palm Tree Christian. The Palm Tree Christian. Now, you know, God made all kind of trees, didn't he? I mean, not just the palm tree, but he made all kind of trees. Uh, and I want to give you, and you know, these trees, we can, sometimes these trees will represent us, what we are. And let me, let me share what I'm talking about here. Now, number one, God made what they call a weeping willow tree. Now, you know what they are. Most of you do anyhow. That's them old trees that, you know, they'll come up and they'll just look down at the dirt. You know what I'm talking about? And they call it a weeping willow tree. Always got a sad look about them. You know anybody like that? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Listen, don't look sad. I don't care how bad the situation is. Man, perk up. You serve a living God. Amen. Uh, don't walk around sad. Don't come to the house of God. Uh, listen, stumbling over your lip because you're so sad about something that happened. Hey, friend, we all got trouble. You ain't the only one, listen, that's got trouble. We all got trouble. That weeping willow tree sure makes sense sometimes to some people. I don't want to be a weeping willow tree. Do you? Secondly, there's what they call, I think everybody knows this one, a pine tree. Now, <clears throat> I think about that pine tree. Whenever me and my brother, we were small, Man, Christmas was special to us because, you know, we grew up poor. I mean, uh, we'd break a limb off a tree just to make a gun out of it. That'd be our gun, amen? I mean, we was, we was so poor, and uh, listen, that, uh, that sometimes we couldn't even pay attention we were so poor. Listen, I, and, and listen, I think about that pine tree. Me and my brother went out. We lived in the country, and it was almost Christmas time, and my mom hadn't bought a Christmas tree yet. And me and my brother thought, well, if we don't have a Christmas tree, Santa Claus ain't going to visit us and give us nothing. So we decided that we was going to, listen, put it in our hands. Amen. Mama don't want to get a Christmas tree. We'll get it ourselves. So we get Daddy's axe. And we go out behind the house in the woods there, and it's full of pine trees. And we found one that we thought would be just right. We chopped that baby down. Went over and got one of daddy's five-gallon buckets, put that tree in it, filled it full of dirt, brought it in the house, and said, Mama, we got a tree. Santa Claus is going to see us now. She said, Well, I tell you what, boys, y'all decorate it. Pine tree. 
You know, a live pine tree, you can't hardly touch. It's like a porcupine. So we got the lights out, and we get over to that tree, and we start to hang them lights on there, and that tree begin to stick us. I'm talking about a pine tree. Man, it'll needle you. You say, well, preacher, what has that got to do? Listen with us. Well, I sort of relate that to a critical tongue. Now, I know none of y'all have that. Y'all don't have no critical tongue. In other words, y'all don't say anything bad about nobody. Don't make no difference what they do. I mean, you're a Christian, amen? Somebody say amen right there. I'm preaching harder than y'all shouting here now. Come on. And uh, listen, critical, being critical about everything. You know, there's some people... I may not ought to say this, but I got to. They some people that you just don't ask how you doing because they're going to tell you. I mean, and then when they get through telling you how bad off they are, they begin to get critical about everything and everybody. Now, y'all ain't like that, and I, I thank the Lord for that because y'all... Y'all, y'all talk good about me. I don't care how hard I preach, man. Y'all go tell everybody what a wonderful message and it bless my heart and amen. <laughs> Third tree. Now we're gonna have fun here in just a minute. Oak tree. A weeping willow tree, the pine tree, the oak tree. Now, now that oak tree. It's wonderful to behold. My wife and I, we got a big old oak tree. I'm talking about that thing is monstrous. It's big in our front yard. And I got two swings in it. And one's this way and one's this way. And uh, we'll get out there when it ain't too hot or it ain't too cold and it ain't raining or snowing. And we get in those swings. Boy, we just swing under that oak tree. Got that shade there. And I mean, boy, that oak tree, it's wonderful to behold. But I'm going to tell you this about that oak tree. There's nothing to them. What are you saying, preacher? There ain't nothing to them. Well, down in Florida, we get those afternoon storms. And if there's a whole lot of wind in them storms, it'll blow that oak tree right over. I mean, and that root system will be from here to that piano where, and you wonder how in God's name did it blow that tree down? But it will. I mean, they look good, but they ain't a whole lot to them. You know, that's like a lot of Christians today. They look good, but they ain't much to them. You say, what are you saying, preacher? Well, they'll come to the house of God, and they'll smile, and they'll look real good, and and sometimes you'll say to yourself, man, I wished I could be like that. But listen, you don't know what they were doing just before they pulled in that parking lot out there. I mean, they look good. That oak tree looks good, but there ain't a whole lot to it. They look good when they pull in. They look good when they're sitting in here. But when they leave, if you was to live, if you was to be a fly on the wall, my, could you write a book? Amen. All right, I'm going to give you one more tree, and that's going to be the last tree, and that's what I want to preach on this morning. There's the palm tree. Bible said the righteous shall flourish like a palm. 
He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The Bible says in Psalms chapter number 19, verse number 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. No one, listen to me, no one, I don't care, they might call themselves an atheist or whatever they want to, but no one can say there is no God when they see what God's created. Watch, watch this, Romans 1.20. For the invisible things of him, the certain of the world, are uh, clearly seen. What, what my problem is, is I wrote this with a red pen and it's faded. And so let me start that over. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Boy, ain't that good. Being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Friend, there's not been a man, woman, boy, or girl born that can say there is no God. The Bible said they're without excuse. How in the world can you say there's no God whenever you go and you see Listen, the Niagara Falls, how that they fall and all that's all the beauty that's there. How, how can they say there is no God uh, when they go out west and see all the mountains and, and all the different things that God put together there? Uh, I mean, just little things uh, that God does. How can man say there is no God? I'm telling you, friend, there is a God. He's live and he's well this morning. Amen? Amen. Now, 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 let me give you a couple things and we'll close this morning. I'm supposed to meet somebody that's supposed to buy me lunch today, so I ain't going to be long. Amen. You can look at me and tell I like grocers. Amen. Now, 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 here it goes. What is it about that palm tree, preacher, that catches your attention? Well, number one, if you write these down, palm trees grow in difficult places. Palm trees grow in difficult places. In Florida, I'm, an old, I'm a Floridian. I was born and raised there. What in the world I'm doing in Alabama, I don't know. I like it. I love y'all, amen. But I don't know why. Listen, uh, I, I was born there. I love Florida. I love the water. I, I, listen, I love, I love going out deep sea fishing. We lived right on the coast. Uh, I wasn't five minutes from the water. I mean, I took you out one time, didn't I? We won't even go there, though, will we? <laughs> Hallelujah. Lake Okeechobee was only about 35 miles from where I lived. And I, I love to fish. I'm telling you, friend, I love to fish. We got any fishermen in here this morning? All right, all right. I, I need a fishing buddy. I need to go fishing. I love to fish. I love bass fishing. Uh, I, 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 you say, preacher, you love bass. I love fishing bass tournaments. You say, you fish a bass tournament? Why, I sure do. 
if I can, if I got one to go to and got the money to pay it, amen. I, I, just, I just love, I love tournaments for this reason. When they're, when you're out there, listen, fishing, just fishing without anything. I mean, if you catch something, all right. If you don't, all right. But if there's a tournament, you in a tournament, man, you're going to try to find the right bait. You're going to try to find the right rod. If it's a spinner, open face or whatever, man, if it's got the right line on it, you, you want it to be right, man, because you're in competition. I love fishing. I think about, listen, I, you, you say, preacher, what in the world? Are you chasing a rabbit? Yeah, but I'll catch him. Listen, this palm tree in, in Florida, I mean, it's loaded with palm trees. Down, I don't know if you've ever been to the Keys down there or not, but man, they're everywhere in the Keys. Down along the road, in the, in the yard, everywhere you go, palm tree. I mean, boy, I love that palm tree. Listen, it will grow, it will grow in places that nothing else, grass won't even grow where a palm tree will grow. Now, what are you saying about that palm tree when you relate it to the child of God, we need to grow in difficult times. Now, friend, I know that you know that life ain't always hunkadory. Life is not always pleasant. You get a phone call or you get a letter in the mail. Sometimes life is very difficult. And this palm tree and these difficult times, it grows anyhow. I'm saying this to you, ma'am, sir. When you get that letter, just grow on. Whenever somebody comes over and tells you, uh, listen, the sad story, listen, just grow on. And the hard times in your life, just grow on. Now, 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 I want to say this. We've quit praying. We quit praying when everything's good. Now, we do. We, you might well say, yes, we do. We don't pray when everything's good like we do when everything's bad. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many went to bed hungry last night? How many slept under the bridge last night? You don't have what you call a home. You don't have a place where you can lay your head and, and sleep and enjoy the night's rest. You're under a bridge. I doubt to say there's not a one in here uh, like that. I wonder, I wonder this morning how many walked here this morning. You've got a vehicle. It may be like mine. You've got to drive 10 miles and work on it for 30 miles. But you've got one, amen? amen. And you can go as you please. You can go where you want to go, where that vehicle will let you go. But listen, you do have a vehicle. You didn't have, hey, you didn't have to ride your horse to church this morning. Man, I feel like I could have. <laughs> I love horses. I ain't even going to go there, boy. I tell you, that'd be a long sermon. I, let me share this with you, and I'll go on. Let me share this with you. Do you believe that Daniel 
had a hard time? Do you believe Daniel had come in his life that it was a very, very hard time? What are you saying, preacher? How many lines have you slept with lately? <laughs> how many, listen, how long has it been since somebody grabbed you up and threw you in a lion's den? Now, now, let me share this with you. I've been preaching a long time, and, and, and through some study, listen, those lines that they had wasn't those fat lines you see in the zoo. Are you with me? Man, they wouldn't feed them, and there's a reason for it. They didn't feed them because whenever they threw somebody in there, they wanted them to be devoured. Old Daniel, bless his heart, they threw him in there. And that night was probably one of the best nights in Daniel's life. He had one of the softest pillows anybody could ever sleep on. I can see that old line as that line lays down and Daniel goes over and lays his head on that line and just begins to snore. What are you saying? I'm saying in hard times, you can still grow. In hard times, you can still rejoice. Listen, uh, I think about the three Hebrew children. You reckon they had a hard time? They, Bible said, listen, they took those three Hebrew children because they wouldn't do what they wanted them to do. They took those three Hebrew children and they threw them, listen, in a burning furnace. Let me explain that furnace to you. That furnace wasn't just a furnace. Man, it was a hot furnace. The Bible said that the ones that had them, when they threw them in, that it devoured the men that threw them in the furnace. That's how, they wasn't even in it, but that's how hot it was. And that next morning, listen, the old king gets up there and he said, I'm going to go check on them three Hebrew children, see what they think now. I can see him as he gets over as close as what he can. He, listen, puts his hand up there trying to stop some of the heat coming up. And I can see him as he looks down in there and backs up like he's seen something he couldn't believe. He went to the men, some of the men. He said, listen, didn't we throw three men in that furnace? Yes, sir, we sure did, or they did. <laughs> and uh, said, well, listen, I see three in there and Listen, or four, and one of them looks like the Son of God. I got news for you. It was the Son of God. They had hard times, but they trusted God. I believe, I believe, listen, that they were saying within their self, uh, listen, O king, I'm not going to worship you or nobody else. Uh, you can throw us in that fire, but we got enough of faith in God that God can get us out of the fire. How much faith you have this morning? And then said this, we don't care if we burn. We still ain't going to do what you want us to do. Now, that's loving God. That's trusting God. I'm saying this morning, that tree, that palm tree, it grows. 
in difficult places. You growing this morning? I know that you have difficult times. Are you growing this morning? Now watch secondly here. This palm tree has a stately manner of growth. It stands, when you see that palm tree, that palm tree's coming out of the ground and it grows straight up. You could almost put a level on it and it'll be level. Grows straight, has a stately manner about it. Now, now, I want to say this, Christians need to uh, have that stately manner about them. Uh, respect back from the world. Listen, we need to get back as God's children, not just here, but listen, as of all, as God's children. We need to get back to the place uh, where the world respects us. Now listen, I, I tell you what, I, I, if, 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 if we look around and we see God's youngest day, least little thing, they run and hide. We need to stand up. Listen, like those three Hebrew children did. Listen, like Daniel did. And take a stand uh, and let the world know uh, that we love God. It don't matter what you say or what you do. Uh, we still love the Lord. I mean, that, that, that palm tree's got a, listen, a straight manner of growth about it. Are we that way? Are we standing tall? Can the world look at you this morning and say, man, that's a Christian. You know, a real child of God, you can be in a grocery store and you can almost, if not, tell a Christian when you see them. I'm not talking about what they're wearing I'm just talking about their actions and reactions. How you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. What is it? Well, oh, God's been so good to me. If you've got time, I'll talk to you about it. I'll tell you what the Lord's done for me. You can almost tell a child of God. They got a big smile on their face. Where's that going to, friend? Can, can you go to the store? Can you go and eat? Listen, dinner after church and, and people in there know that you're a child of God. You know what most folk do? I know y'all don't, but most folk do. They, uh, they'll get in a restaurant and uh, they'll look around, look at their wife and say, bow your head quick. Everybody's eating. Thank you, Lord, for this food in Jesus' name. Amen. Why? Because they don't want nobody to see them praying. What's wrong? What's wrong? I remember, I remember the pastor, well, he's not a pastor now. He preaches meetings and stuff like that in Jacksonville. Man, he's a, he's a real man of God. You don't embarrass him about God. If, if you go in a restaurant to eat with him, you better be prepared to hear a prayer. Because he's going to pray a little, preach a little, pray some more. I mean, people, it don't matter to him. He wants them to see him pray. What about us? Are we that way? Or are we a little bit embarrassed when the table next to us is watching us pray? Something to think about, ain't it? I'm saying a stately manner about it. You're straight with God, man. And, uh, and, and we need that time in our life as God's youngins 
that the world knows that there's some child of God in this church. Does the neighbors around here know that, that uh, man, these people in this church love the Lord? I mean, boy, they love the Lord. They have a stately manner about them. Number three, watch this now. A palm tree is different from any other tree. It's different than any other tree. On a normal tree, now watch this now, on an average normal tree, not counting the palm tree, you can cut it down and you can tell how old it is. Inside, inside that tree, listen, if you cut it down, you'll see some circles, some little rings in there. I mean, they'll go all the way down to like this. And they say that those rings tells every year that old that that tree is. Why is that, preacher? Because your average tree grows from the outside. Every year, it gets another one. Every year, it gets another one. I tell you, my work in heavy equipment and clearing land and stuff like that in my younger days and all paid off on some of these trees right here. A, a palm tree is not like that. Now listen to me. I'm going to share this with you. This is going to be a message that you ain't never going to forget. A palm tree is not like your normal tree. A palm tree does not have those rings inside. Why, preacher? Because it grows from the inside out. <laughs> it grows from the inside out. Now, now, as we look at this, as a Christian grows, he needs to grow from the inside out. You can cut the average tree. Now, watch this now. You can cut the average tree around, all the way around to where you started, and it'll die. Why is that, preacher? I know that's a fact, man. Yeah, you take it. Listen, whenever we was clearing land, they'd take trees that they wanted, and they'd put a ribbon around it. Don't get within 10 foot of that tree, they'd say. Hey, I want that tree. Because they knew that if you got in there and scraped that tree up, that tree more than likely is going to die. Palm tree ain't that way. Well, why does that one die? Because it grows from the outside in. You can take that palm tree and you can trim it all the way around. You can get your, you can get your weed eater and, uh, and go around like a, like a, like a uh, pine tree and cut too much of that bark away and it'll die. Not that palm tree. That palm tree is going to live on, friend. Now, if, if your growing stops, now listen to me here, because of opinions of others, criticism of others, influence of others, then I might say this, you're growing from the outside in. If you're letting somebody keep you out of the house of God, if you're letting somebody say something about you and hurt your feelings and you're mad for six months. A lot of people's like that. You say something bad about more and they won't get over it, man. I mean, I'm mad. Don't mess with me. I'm mad. You know why? Listen to me. You know why? They're growing from the outside in. 
If they were growing from the inside out, they may get mad. Hey, I get mad sometimes. Very seldom, but sometimes. You would have seen that look she gave me. <laughs> but listen, I get over it. I mean, listen, if, uh, if me and my wife, we, we have an argument, it ain't very long. I go up there and try to apologize. I don't like that silent treatment. Man, you know what I'm talking about? You doing all right this morning? That tells me the story. I don't like that silent treatment. Man, I like talk to me. Amen. And uh, listen, I, that, that palm tree here, I'm telling you, it grows in difficult places. It's stately manner of growth about it, and it's different than any other tree that's around. Now, it's no wonder, it's no wonder that some Christians will get mad and pout and carry on and get hurt, uh, listen, uh, uh, and want to quit the house of God because you're growing from the outside in. You can always tell somebody when they leave church pouting, I guarantee you, you can say they're growing from the outside in. Real Christian that loves God, prays, and gets along with the Lord. Listen, they may get upset, but they'll get over it. Man, they'll come right back to their place as a child of God. Can you do that this morning? Listen, that palm tree. Now watch this here now. Number four, palm tree. It grows with its own kind. It grows with its own kind. A palm tree, listen, it'll, it'll drop its seeds and they'll begin to grow till there's a big grove of palm trees, just palm trees there. This thing about Christian fellowship and meeting together is beneficial to us. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that this epidemic that we've got going on has hurt a lot of God's youngins. Now listen to me carefully. I'm going to make a statement. Listen, I've been preaching a long time. I'm going to make a statement. If you miss two or three times from the house of God, that fourth time is going to be a lot easier. Are you with me this morning? This epidemic, listen, when we had to shut the church down, and listen, I understand, I understand plainly, but I'm, I'm saying this, if, if you can't get to the house of God or hear the word of God in some way or another, you better get close to God. Because if you don't, you're going to lose what you have. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about your spirituality about you, your love about you, your smile about you. Man, you get mad at the drop of a hat. And, and listen, before you know it, you don't even go to church no more. You probably know a lot of people like that. When a Christian stops doing things like studying and visiting together and, watch this now, staying together. I remember my wife and I, we come here a year or so ago 
And man, they had people out there parking cars. They had to, they had to have somebody parking cars. Inside the auditorium, it was nearly packed out on the first service. It was nearly packed out on the second service. What are you saying, preacher? How many services do we have today? You ain't got to answer. I'm just trying to give you an illustration here to help you to get close to God and love God and pray with the Lord. Listen, if we don't, if we don't do what we're supposed to do as a child of God, things will happen. We lose our joy. We lose our zeal. I remember, man, I remember whenever I first got saved, I thought I could, I thought I could spring over hell with a rubber band and half of that rubber band, listen, broke with a squirt gun, squirting the devil in the face. Oh, I love the Lord. I do, I, I do today. But I'm telling you, when I first got saved, listen, I, there's a lot of things I quit. I used to cuss. I was worser than a sailor. On my job, I worked with a state. And me and Mr. Ish, he was, he was probably 200 years old. And uh, I worked with him. He was, he, was, he was over me. He was the driver and all. And what we did is we went around uh, and we would grease bridges. Now, uh, down in South Florida, they used to have those bridges, uh, you know, that they would open up like this. Or they would get in the middle of where the, 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 the bridge part that opens up and it would turn like this where you could go on either side of it. Listen, a boat could. And that was our job is, uh, is greasing those big old wheels inside, those steel wheels that turn and, and open that bridge. That was our job to do that, to keep that greased up good. And I said a while ago that, man, I cuss like a sailor. And, and me and Mr. Ish. I was sitting over there and, and, uh, and uh, had my arm on the window. Uh, they, we had a state truck, but they wouldn't give us one with air conditioning. You had to, you know, do the best you could. And I had my arm out the window, and I was looking out there, and we was driving up that bridge. And man, there was a big old school of fish out there. And, uh, and I said a few words that wasn't pleasant, cuss words. I mean, it was just my, it was just my natural talk. I mean, that's just how I talk. Uh, you, I couldn't even talk without saying a cuss word of some kind in it. And uh, I looked over at Mr. Ish, and he was looking at me like that. You know, he was a good Christian, good Christian man. And uh, I said, Mr. Ish, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. He said, yes, you did. I said, okay, I said it, and I'm sorry. But, man, it just, it, it done something to me when I seen all them fish. Out there. I told you I like to fish. And I, and I, and I said, uh, I said, Mr. Ish, I said, why don't you buy us a boat so we can go fishing and catch some of them fish? He said, man, I wouldn't ever be able to use it because uh, I work five days a week with the state and Saturday I work around the house and Sunday I go to church. I said, well, Miss Dish, you buy it and I'll use it. <laughs> I didn't go to church. But you know that Wednesday night when I got saved, that next morning, me and my father-in-law he worked with the state. He was a welder. And I rode, I rode to work with him to the state barn. And I got out of that truck, and I run, literally run to that truck. And I said, Miss Dish, Miss Dish. He thought something had happened. He said, what is it? I said, 
I got saved last night. You'd have to know me. You'd have to know me for me to say something like that. Oh, man, I got born again last night. Now, he could have asked me how, and I wouldn't have been able to. I didn't know nothing about it. I was a young child of God, but listen to me. I knew one thing. There was something different in my life. Now, listen to me. I may chase a rabbit here, but listen, he'll get under your seat if you ain't careful. If you got saved and there ain't been no changes, you might check up. The Bible said the old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Got saved Wednesday night. Listen, I come in from work Thursday afternoon and I had my pocket knife and and I had one of them wet rocks that it was a wet rock. You know, you had to have it underwater to sharpen your knife. Now, friend, listen, you're looking at a you're looking at a cowboy that loves a knife. And I love a sharp knife. Somebody asked me one time, I said, what in the world do you like them so sharp for? I said, dull knife ain't going to help me. I mean, somebody jumps on me, I'm going to get him off. I didn't say that. Lord, help me. <clears throat> I sat there, and I had that, you know, it was about that wide and about that long. You, know, you men know what I'm talking about. And I had that thing in my hand. I stick it under the water at the sink here, and I was sharpening that thing away. And I pulled it back. I looked up or something and pulled it back and hit my hand right across there. I mean, later open. And I said, GD, you know what that stands for. Now, listen to what I'm fixing to say now. Listen to me real careful. Immediately. You can ask my wife. Immediately, I fell in the floor begging God to forgive me. I said, Lord, I didn't mean to say that. What you saying? I said, I'm different. Things ain't the same as they was before. Listen, if you can cuss, now I may be, I may be strange and all, but there's some cuss words that I think is cuss words that a lot of people use, and that's their everyday talk. But I'm telling you, my mama beat the daylights out of me when I said them. So to me, it was a cuss word. And, and listen, whenever I got saved, I quit my cussing. I mean, I may have said it once or twice, but if I did, you can believe one thing. I was, I was on the phone with the Lord asking him to forgive me for it, for cussing. Any other thing that, listen, that I would do that was wrong, Man, I quit it. I remember I smoked Winston's. And I probably smoked two months after I got saved. Now, now, friend, if you smoke, that's between you and God. I, I, ain't, I ain't preaching. I'm just telling you what happened to me. One Wednesday night after church, my wife got in the car. We didn't even have youngins in. He got in the car, and I said, I'm going down. I'm going to go down and see Mom and Daddy. They live probably three blocks down behind the church. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't really know just yet, but between here and there, I'll figure it out. So we pulled in the driveway, and 
we went in the house, and my, my mom was sitting at the table. I went in there and pulled out a chair, sat down, and I pulled them cigarettes out, and I set them on the table. I said, Mama, I'm going to quit smoking. My mama didn't say nothing. She just got up, picked up that pack of cigarettes. They wasn't but like two out of it. Set them up on the shelf right there and said, okay, son, when you want them, they'll be right there. I said, okay, just leave them there. When I want them, I'll come get them. Why did you quit smoking, preacher? This is how God convicted me. I was in that service, and I wanted my mom and daddy saved so bad. You can ask my wife what I'm telling you is the God's truth. I wanted them saved. I wanted my family saved so bad. And I know you don't make deals with God. It's God's way or no way. But I was a young Christian, and I didn't know no better. And I said, Lord, if you'll save my mom and daddy, I'll quit smoking. And so I went to the house and done what I told you I'd done. About three weeks later, my mom come to church with us and got saved. And it wasn't a couple weeks or so after that, my daddy got saved. I'm saying hallelujah. That's how I quit smoking. I quit smoking and started another bad habit. Yeah, it did. I love that red man. You choose amen right there. I, you know, they, back then they had a regular pack, then they had a large pack. And, and, and I'd, I'd get that regular pack, and there was quite a bit of chewing barker in there. I'd get two chews out of a pack. I'd, listen, I'd get me a jaw full. I mean, it looked like I had a toothache. I mean, I wanted, to, I wanted something I could nibble on, boy. And, and I chewed for a little while, and I run a motor grader. I told you I run heavy. I was running a motor grader. I was building roads in Lake Placid, Florida. And I was running down there with my grader. And I was looking out the door there, you know, watching the rock fall off my blade of my grader. And boy, God hit me. I mean, I mean, it was just like, it was just like you were sitting there beside me talking to me. And said, uh, boy, you done good and you quit smoking. Like, I'm proud of you. But what are you doing now? Backer's backer, amen? amen? It's amazing to me that we chew that old backer and spit on the sidewalk and then tell the young and don't step in it, it's nasty. And we just spit it out of our mouth. But this is what I've done. I mean, this is what I've done. I love the Lord, and I'm telling you, when the Lord spoke to me, I was preaching then too. And uh, I was a young preacher, young Christian, probably probably in the ministry about three years. And, uh, and uh, I'm talking about being saved and, and getting in the ministry and all. And I was running down that road watching that rock fall off. And it's like, I, I, like the Lord spoke to me and said, you better get rid of that chewing backer. I said, Lord, not my backer. I quit smoking. We went a little bit farther down. And I had, you know, them uniforms, work uniforms on with them big two pockets. I have both of them loaded down, amen? 
I didn't want to run out of my backer. And uh, so what I did was this. I'm trying to help you this morning. I spit it out, that chewing back. It was a fresh, it was a fresh, it was fresh. It wasn't but three hours old. And I spit it out. I said, okay, Lord, I did. I went down a little bit more with that grater. And I just happened to look down, both pockets full of backer. I thought I really done something when I spit that out. I took this one and I threw it out that door. I took this one and I threw it out that door and ain't chewed since. I told, I told Peachy, y'all know Peachy, you know, Doyleberry's daddy? He chews backer. I mean, I ain't telling on him or anything. I mean, if he can do it and get away with it with God, that's fine. But me and him was talking. He said, man, he said, why don't you, won't you chew some backer? I said, I can't, man. I said, I said, Lord took it away from me, and I, I, I can't chew it. I said, but I'll tell you what. When I get to heaven and find out I could have been chewing, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> Amen right there. <laughs> Palm trees bear fruit. Boy, I'm going to hit you right here in old age. A palm tree will shed that nuts and stuff at old age before that it dies out or whatever. Now, watch this. Bible said in verse 14 in our, our reading there, it said, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Sir, ma'am, they some in here that's got some age on you. They some in here that look like you ain't got age because uh, that stuff you put in that hair makes it look good. Oh, man. I was getting an offer and I won't now. But you know what I'm talking about? Old age. Now, the Bible just said we ought to bear fruit in old age. That palm tree bared fruit in old age. I'm thinking about Brother Snyder. He was from Ohio. When I was pastoring, I pastored seven years in Okeechobee and 30-something years in Fort Pierce. Two church, I pastored two churches in my life, in my ministry. And, and one in Okeechobee, Older fella come in. He was retired. He he sold. He had him a little, like a five and ten cent store at his house. You know, barn. He had a big barn back there, and everybody knew him. And and uh, they would come in there and buy stuff and all. Well, he retired and got him a camper, and put it in a in a in a camping resort there at Okeechobee Lake. And I'm talking about he was. He was probably between 65 and 70 years old at the time. And he come to church, and after the service, I welcomed him and said, man, I appreciate you coming. And he said, man, that's some good preaching. I appreciate that preaching. And uh, he said, you just don't hear that everywhere. Now, now, now I preach a little bit slow. But I'm telling you, back then, I was young. I preached like a wild dog. I mean, buddy, I, I'd catch my breath about every 10 minutes. I'm telling you the God's truth. I had a nurse come to church 
And I was preaching after service. I said, man, I hope you come back with us. She said, I ain't coming back. I sort of hurt my feelings. I said, why? She said, I ain't going to watch you have a heart attack up there. I mean, boy, I, I lay her. I mean, I laid it out there. I, I, I mean, boy, I, I could. I had good breath in. I mean, I, I could preach and lay it to it. And he said, "Man, you just don't hear that everywhere." I said, "Well, I appreciate that confidence." And you know, I don't think he ever missed another service. He was sixty-five, seventy years old. Got involved. Got to doing things. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Palm tree grows at old age. Listen, you with the cotton tops, are you doing anything for God or you done got too old? Ah, we can amen the young people when we talk, preach to them, but people like us, sometimes we get to the place in our life, I've done enough. I've put my time in and then we sit down and don't do nothing. But I'm telling you, friend, that ain't what the Bible says. Hey, we so far away from what the Word of God said. Listen, we as elder folk, we still got a responsibility to God. Now, you can believe what you want to, but there's somebody watching your life. There's some young person or a middle-aged person. They know that you love the Lord. And, and, and man, they look at you like, man, I want to be just like him. Man, I want to be just like her. Are you that person? Do you still go visiting if necessary or needful or, or I don't know anything about the church or whatever? Do you still listen say, man, listen, if there ain't nobody there, I want to do it. I don't know who mows the yard, if y'all pay it done or whatever, but if somebody gets sick and can't mow the yard, man, let me do it. I want to do it just for the glory of God. How many of us do that? Or have we done hung it up on the nail? I better get off that subject. <laughs> Palm trees, branches are a symbol of victory. Can I back up just one minute and say this? Moses, 120 years old, going strong. And God took him up on that mountain, showed him all Israel. Listen, what he brought the children of Israel out to go to. He said, that's it right yonder. And God buried him on that mountain. Did you know not even the angels of heaven knows where God buried him? God put him there. What are you saying? I'm saying at old age, he was still wide open for God. Palm trees, branches are symbols of victory. Now watch this. John 12, 13 says this. Took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. What do you say? It's a, it's a symbol of victory. Revelation 7, 9. And after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and tongues. Boy, there's going to be a lot of Baptists excited about that. They think they're the only ones going to heaven sometime. 
and tongues stood before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. The leaves of a palm tree is an example of the supreme victory we have in Jesus. What did the Bible say in our text? The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Let me, let me say this to you, and, and, and I'm going to close on this thought here. A palm tree, a palm tree will lead, listen, travelers to water. Exodus 15, verse 27. And they came to Elam, where were 12 wells of water and three score and ten palms, and they encamped there by the waters. What are you saying, preacher? I'm just saying this. Them palm trees is a representation of the supreme being that we serve. The Bible said that they was 70 palms by the waters, and they camped around about it. We, as God's youngins, now listen to me carefully. We, as God's youngins, we need to be an oasis to the world. You don't know the one that you pass what they're going through. You don't know that that family's about to have a breakup. That husband's fixing to leave. That, that wife's fixing to leave. Their children... I done went crazy on them. You don't know the problems that they're going through. What are you saying? We need to be an oasis to the world. We need to be the, the Christian that the world can see and say, man, I believe I can talk to them in confidence. I believe they can help me. They look happy all the time. I mean, man, they... They, and I know that they got trouble. I, I, listen, I work with so-and-so, and, and I know man, he goes through a hard time. But man, he's just always a smiling and always a laughing and always a cutting up. Why? He's been an oasis to the world. Are you that oasis this morning? Are you one that's saying, come, I want to tell you about one I know. He may not take your troubles away, but he'll help you through them. I, listen, brother, I don't know how the world does it. I don't know how they can get by without God. And this time that we're living in, listen, as crazy and messed up as this world is, I don't know how they can get by without God. Are you an oasis? Are you one that they can come to and say, man, I need some help? Are you one that, that they can call in the middle of the night and say, man, I just, I need some help. I, I, I don't, I'm not going through what, what's happening, but man, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm bothered bad and I need some help. Are you one that they know they can call you and have confidence that you'll help them?
you'll pray with them over the telephone and say, listen, if you need me, I'll come over. I remember before I surrendered to preach, that church there, I left Bethel that, where I was at for 30 years. I was only there for two or three years and God burdened me to go to Okeechobee. There was a preacher going to start that church, uh, New Testament Baptist Church. And me and, and, and a buddy of mine, listen, both of us got saved the same night. My wife got saved and his wife got saved all the same night. And me and him moved over to Okeechobee to help him with that church to get it started and all. Well, to make the story short, I had surrendered to preach that Wednesday night, and I preached every Wednesday night after that. And about a month later, that preacher got in trouble. I'll not go into the details, but he got in trouble and had to give up the church. And we was running probably 20 people, so give or take, and they said, I was the song leader then, and they said, Preacher, will you take the church? I said, what? I said, I just surrendered two weeks ago. I don't know nothing about preaching. Well, we got confidence in you. Oh, man, was that a blessing? I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Now listen to me. I couldn't even read till I got saved. Now I know that sounds crazy. Now, now I could read. See the dog run, Jack. I mean, you know, second grade stuff or something. But when it come down to, I mean, just reading, I couldn't read because I, I didn't know what the words were saying. Ask my wife. She was my teacher for a long time. She helped me. She, I would read, and we'd read together, and she said, no, it's this, and, and help me, listen, through the Word of God. You think I read bad here? You ought to send me back then. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I can't even hardly read. Now, about three years had went by since I got saved, and then the Lord called me to preach, and, uh, and I said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, I love the Lord, and I said, I don't believe you'd have come to me about that if God hadn't burdened your heart about it. I said, I do love the Lord. And I said, if you'll make me a promise, I'll make you one. What's that, preacher? I said, if you promise not to run me down and talk about me and pray for me, I'll make a promise to you. I'll do my very best. I remember, now that's been 100 years ago, it seems like. But I remember, listen to me, I remember my very first message that I preached. Was I titled it, A Night to Remember. Whenever God sent that death angel, took all the firstborn. Well, I'd like to get on that this morning. But anyhow, I remember that just like it was yesterday. That was my first message. And from that time, and listen, friend, I worked every day, just like you men. I worked every day. You can ask my wife. Listen, I'd come in. I'd come in from work, get a shower, eat, and I'd, I made me an office out of one of the bedrooms. And I'd sit down at that office, and I'd read, and I'd study, and I'd read, and I'd study, and I'd pray. God, I need some help. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
And I listen, I'd done that till about one o'clock in the morning. There she is, ask her. Till about one o'clock in the morning, sometimes later. And uh, I'd get up at four in the morning to go to work. And I'd done that for a long time. But God gave me energy, God gave me strength, and God gave me the word. Listen, that's been that's been probably 48 years ago, 49 years ago, something like that, that God called me to preach. And I'm still trying to do the best I can. What are you saying, preacher? I'm just simply saying this to you today. We need to be a, listen, a a palm tree that'll that'll lead travelers to the Lord. How many people have you led to the Lord this year? How many people have you tried to lead to the Lord this year? Something to think about, ain't it? Our church needs to grow. Our church needs to prosper. And you know what? It's our responsibility. God will give you the strength and the knowledge that you need, the wisdom, the whatever else you need. But it's us. It ain't God. God could just pack this house out itself without us doing anything. But that ain't the way God planned it. I preached, listen, and worked for years. I'm talking about years. Worked every day. Come in. And sometimes I'd have to go to the hospital or go visit somebody because they're acting stupid or, or something, you know. And, uh, and listen, that would put me late trying to study. Man, that sweetness of God. I'd get back here, and boy, I'd get in the Word. Oh, man, it was so sweet. I remember, now, brother, listen to me. I'm closing. Matter of fact, piano y'all come on up. I remember when my son called me that night and said, Dad, do you feel like uh, uh, preaching at Fairview? Man, you, he couldn't have given... He could have given me a million dollars and not made me no more happier. Now, I know I've got problems, health problems. That's why I'm not still at Bethel Baptist. I'd still be there. I love them people. I mean, listen, we was running probably four or 500 people. That was about all that church would hold. And uh, listen, I, I'd preach to them. They loved me. I loved them. And, and man, when I had to leave, it broke, it broke my heart so bad because I loved them people. They were, it was like my family. And, uh, and I had to leave. And so when I come here, uh, I remember, I remember preacher, my son. I just like to call him preacher for respect, amen? I don't care if he's my son. I like to call him preacher. I believe everybody, if you've got a pastor up here, you ought to call him your pastor or your preacher. Don't call him. I, boy, that tears me up when I hear people, hey, Fred, how you doing? He ain't Fred, he's your preacher. Amen. And I remember whenever he called me, I was so tickled. My wife, I on Monday morning, I think that was a Sunday after morning service, he called me. Well, that Monday morning, I got my Bible out. I got my satchel out. Man, I began to study, and I studied all week long. I mean, right up to church time, I studied. 
What a thrill in my heart it was. And I'm glad God still gives me some, some strength and some energy where I can still. I know sometimes, I, I told you all last time I was here, I put, I put Moses building the ark sometimes. I just, you know, with my mental state. But, but I love trying. I love trying to please God. I tell you what, folk, let's please him this week. Please don't be no weeping willow, no pine tree, no oak tree. You look good, but there's nothing about it. Be a palm tree. They're special. 